0: so mike let's shift gears a little bit man so just let the uh the viewers listeners know you got a couple different businesses going out there kind of what those are and yeah, Place to reach uh, and all that other stuff.
1: Yeah, so there's kind of a, a few different, uh, I guess, avenues that I've gone down over the last few years. Uh, one of them is is my online training, uh, which is teamdog.pet. Dog uh, and that is kind of a, a video representation of my last uh, dog book, the Team Dog Book, that talks about you know training and it's just it shows different ways to to accomplish the things that. Uh, that I talk about in the book. And, and frankly, you know, what I get most uh, requested to, to showcase, you know, Hey, my dog's doing this. How do I stop that? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and so it's just an online training subscription uh, either by the month or by the year. Uh, and then I get into the uh, there's, there's message boards, forums, et cetera, uh, that I go in and interact with, uh, with members every Monday morning uh, and answer questions and things like that. I, I do add some videos occasionally. I haven't in a while, uh, just because it, you know, it's pretty all encompassing. There's already quite a few videos on there and I, I just, I don't want there to be a, a paradox of choice problem where there's, there's too much content on there and, and it's hard to sift through. But, um, so that's the, the online training, um, obviously I have the mic drop podcast, which, uh, which Rick, you came on, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, th- those episodes are, um, they're they're real intermittent because I do them all in person uh, between my schedule and, and prospective guests' schedules. You know, sometimes I do one a month, sometimes I do three or four a month, and sometimes I, I may not do one for six weeks straight. Uh, just it, it varies. I crank them out when I can, but uh, again, there's a lot of moving parts to make those happen. So, uh, but that's you know certainly a part of what I do. Um, in the last uh, earlier this year, about six seven months ago, I started uh, a dog food and, and treat. Uh, company under that same team dog brand that uh, that's all available on my website as well I just got I got tired of you know finding a really good dog food brand and then you know a year or two would go by and then they'd get bought out by fucking Eukanuba or Purina or Diamond or, or whoever and fuck the formula all up and change it and then you have to find something else and and uh, that coupled with the fact that most dog foods are, are pretty low in fat uh, by comparison to from my experience what they should be and I found always having to add and supplement either duck meal or, uh, or, you know, some sort of salmon oil or fat, or, you know, uh, to, to get the fat content up, uh, to where it was enough, uh, for the dog to not have to give them a shitload of food and make them have loose stools or add things to, to firm up their, their stool or whatever. And, and you know, when really they just need more fat and dog food, unfortunately, just like most things product wise in our life are, uh, are, uh, mostly marketing uh, you know, an appeal to, to people's visual eye of this package looks nice, or this is a good commercial or, uh, you know, whatever bullshit mechanism that they try to employ to to get you to buy their dog food when it's really not that great. Uh, so I just wanted a, a good super, uh, nutrient dense food that, uh, you know, that, that I could put my name on and be proud of. And so I spent a, a fair bit of time kind of tweaking, uh, you know, the formula to make sure that it was, you know, what I was happy with. And, and so, you know, all of our dogs, I mean, all 32 of the warrior dogs, uh, are, are on it as well as, you know, some of them get raw food as well. If, if they need it, <clears throat> all of my personal dogs, personal protection dogs that I sell, uh, police prospects, military prospects, whatever they're, you know, they're all on, on that food, uh, as well as the treats and stuff. I, I do have, uh, leashes, collars, uh, a crate through Dakota 283 that, that I spent a couple of years. Uh, developing with them to to try to be a real real heavy duty solid working dog crate, uh, and then there's you know the regular merchandise stuff uh, as well. Uh, then the Warrior Dog Foundation, which we started uh, back in August of 2010, we basically take in uh, you know all different types of of working dogs, whether it's customs, border patrol, police, military, uh, federal protection services, even you know state department overseas dogs, etc. Really, any dog that that has served our country in whatever capacity that is now at a point where where that unit uh, has deemed them too big of a liability, and they're going to euthanize them because they just have, have had too many problems with them. Uh, th- those are the dogs that we take in. So, you know, a- as you guys know, most dogs go to their handler, Duco. You know, spending time with you, et cetera, like that. That's usually how that goes. But most guys that have been parts of canine units have seen that. You know, there's sometimes you get that dog that just a total motherfucker. Uh, you know, it's really hard to deal with that for whatever reason, the handler can't take him or, or won't, or, you know, nobody from the unit can, or he's just bit too many of the wrong people. And and they said, you know, Hey, this dog's just too big of a, of a liability for us. And they're going to put him down. That's when we step in and and we take him to avoid them being euthanized. And so uh, we've taken in uh, a little over 225 dogs or so at this point in the last 10, 10, 11 years. Wow. Uh, Uh, and, it, you know, it's, it's been a really neat uh, organization to to be a part of throughout that entire span of, of its growth and, and what have you. But uh, but it is a, a labor of love for sure and uh, and can be challenging because, you know, as, as you know, all those dogs are, are not the easiest to deal with. So um, so that, that's a big part of, of what's going on. And then last but certainly not least, obviously, the, the books, uh, which... You know the the first three books I wrote. I mean, the last one I wrote in 2015, so it's been a while. And then now coming out with this more uh, more political book with the Unfuck America. Uh, you know, I'll be I'll be promoting that here uh, going into the holiday season and stuff. But again, you know, it's not something that I'm gonna blast out and, and you know try to push super hard. It's just uh, I'll get it in front of a few of the right people. And to me, books are are interesting that way. I mean, if they're good, legitimately good, you don't need to promote them. You know. Um, mm-hmm a handful of people read them. And if it's, if it's legitimately like a, a knockout of the park book, then people are going to, are going to tell other people about it. And it gets in the hands of, you know, the Ben Shapiro's and Tucker Carlson's. And I don't, I don't suspect Don Lemon or uh, Rachel Maddow will probably be reading it. No. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> may. I'll send them a copy. Yeah, you might be oh, surprised, you know? Yeah. But you never know. You never know. But, yeah. uh, but to me, you know, it's, you know, people that are on TV every night with multi million um, viewership numbers, you know, nightly, you know, you get, get a, uh, if it's truly a good book, you know, somebody uh, in that category or even several of those people will get a hold of it and and either want you on your, on their show or, or we'll talk about it, you know? So, um, you know, I'll, I'll promote it where it makes sense or whatever, but uh, but that's kind of the gist of it. So um, I don't think I'm forgetting anything, but fuck, I can't
0: hardly keep track anymore. So. Now, so Tricos is that, what umbrella does that fall under? Or so Tricos all... is is really kind of the
1: the main umbrella. Tricos International okay. is, is the the if you want to call it the holdings company of of everything else basically. Where you know Team Dog and Mike Drop, uh, you know they're they're all. I mean, technically, they're not subsidiaries of of them, but they but they kind of are. I mean, they're all their own entities, LLC wise, um, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Trigos international is kind of the main main thing that I started. Uh, and so everything is, is kind of kind of come under that. But now that you know each each revenue stream or avenue is kind of its own its own animal they they are kind of all standalones at this point. But uh, when I first started it, you know or or even now, uh, like the personal protection dogs and and the the real, dog uh, dogs uh, all fall under that category Uh, if i'm selling a personal protection dog a police dog a military dog whatever that will fall under the tricos international umbrella if it's anything pet dog related the food the treats whatever that's on the team dog brand if it's anything media related that's on the mic drop side Uh, like my book is being published under mic drop media Mm. Um, you know and then anything non-profit wise falls under the warrior dog foundation yeah so.
0: Bunch of different websites out there is like, hey, which one big to go time, to? Man. Well, yeah. yeah. It's,
1: it's so it used to be everything was kind of under Trichos. Uh mm-hmm. Now everything is just under, you know, Mike Ritland Co.com. You know, so the Mike Ritland company, technically now, is is kind of the, the main thing, but, um, but Trichos just, is, is still, still a big player in that. So uh, I, I think, you know, over the next probably year to 18 months, you'll see probably everything migrate over under, uh, under just, you know, the Mike Ritland. Uh, company but uh just yeah. to try to streamline it so people can just you know google my name or whatever and then everything falls under that but
0: that that's the easiest thing is just you know yeah one thing and that one-stop shop you know then just have yeah. your little drop downs and people go hey yeah you know um <clears throat> hey it, here's a question for you mike so the the picture you sent over for the uh, clip art that yeah. dog that's in that dog that's in that picture who's that so his name is Nero, uh,
1: and he's a dog that was a, a personal protection dog. He's out in, uh, in California, and in Los Angeles area, with a client. and okay. uh, he, he was one of my one of my favorite dogs that I've uh, trained for personal protection. I mean, the neat thing about all of those dogs, they're they're really all dogs that I would keep. Uh, you know, that it takes such a special dog to be enough dog uh, to do the work, but not so much to to be a a total nightmare in a Mm -hmm. a household environment, you know, so you have to be so selective and so picky to find just the right balance of all those things in a, in a dog for that. The really neat part about that is that every one of these dogs that I sell for that, that environment are, are dogs that I I just fucking love working with because they're, they're just awesome kind of once in a lifetime dogs, um, you know, that you just get to get to work with and deliver over and over, you know, so Mm -hmm. Um, That's still a pretty big part of what I do that's on on the working dog side or, you know, hands on actual dog training side. At this point, um, that's actually by far the biggest thing that uh, that I still do dog related wise. Um, You know, my kennel facility has, uh, you know, my my kennel master out there, Neil, is uh, just a godsend. And, and, uh, you know, he's he's kind of developed a a crew of staff out there. and, And so... You know they live out there, they they maintain and run all of it and uh and, and just make it a lot easier for me to be able to kind of focus on the big picture and, and the thirty thousand foot view of, of all the different things that are going on. But so I'll still go out there and, and uh you know if if I need to go out there or or just to go out and check on things I, I still absolutely do and keep my finger on the pulse of uh of the Kennel roster and and uh you know maintain quality control but the nice thing about having, you know, such, such good staff out there is I, I don't need to, uh, you know, yeah. I, I do to, to at least show my face and make sure that they know that I'm still alive, but uh, they, they do yeah. such a, such a good job of, uh, of running, uh, just things tip top out there that, uh, manages, it, it takes such a huge load off my, my plate because, you know, from August of 2010 to really up until just a couple of years ago. Um, I, I had to, to have a lot heavier involvement and, and, you know, year after year, after year, as I get older, like that shit just takes its toll because it, it makes it really hard to do much of anything else because you're, you're kind of chained to the kennel facility that way. Uh, but, but, uh, yeah, so
2: now, how long have you been doing the podcast and was that something that was just a natural progression because of, of just getting the word out there or was it, uh, something that you wanted to do because a lot of other guys were doing it?
1: Yeah, so it was definitely not something that I set out to do or had this kind of grand plan to start. Um, You know, with with being on a lot of podcasts and and interviews from the books, um, you know, coming out and and just, you know, the the episodes were uh, relatively well received. I, I just got a lot of requests from, you know, folks that just say, you know, hey, have you ever thought about, you know, I saw you on so and so's podcast. That's my favorite episode. You know, you. I think you should have one, or you should try one. Have you thought about it? Blah blah blah. And
0: at first, I was
1: just like, "That's the last fucking thing I need is is one more thing to, to deal with." Right. But you know, enough people asked for a long enough time to to where I was like, you know, I mean, if that many people are asking, uh, maybe it makes sense to to give this a a shot and see how it goes. And and the one thing that I've always tried to to maintain is is not trying to get you know well, i need you know one episode a week or i need x number of minutes a month or, or whatever I, I don't abide by that at all you know it's as you can tell by you know the number of episodes that i have versus how long i've been doing it to answer your question uh, about three years okay uh, a little over three years now um, it is that you know it, it's it's when it makes sense it's when our schedules you know you know, like I'm not going to have people on just for the sake of cranking out an episode. I've certainly tried certain avenues that uh, that didn't do as well as as kind of the core group, which is usually former law enforcement, former military, former government employee of, of some sort. Uh, you know, or just somebody that's tied into that one of those communities fairly well with with an amazing story to tell. Um, and that unquestionably is kind of the the meat and potatoes of. of what most of the of the listeners uh, you know pay attention to and and frankly want to want to watch and listen to so um, I just you know started doing it and it it did well and and I just kind of rolled with it and uh, and you know here here we are three and a half years later with uh, you know a a fully dedicated studio and and a producer and um, and kind of the whole whole ball of wax so where where it goes uh, I have no idea you know and again it's one of those things where it's never been just like with the books, it's been something that, that I enjoy doing. I'm passionate about, but it's, it's really more of a hobby than it is like part of what I do for a living. Yes. There's money involved and and uh, you know, I, I have to be mindful of the fact that, that it does, you know, cost money between the equipment and the studio and utilities and, uh, and hiring a producer and, and all that shit. Um, but you know, my, my goal with it is not to get it to X level and, jump on spotify or fucking whatever like it's just you know it, it's a, a project a side project really that i just enjoy doing and and uh i'll do it as long as it makes sense to you know you know if there if there comes a day where it makes sense to go bigger with it uh you know in, in joining forces with with a, a big media company or something if, if it makes sense to i'll do that if it gets to the point where it just doesn't make sense to do it anymore then then i'll stop doing it uh, but uh, for right now, I, I, uh, I do really enjoy it. Uh, mostly just because, you know, guys like Rick as a, as a prime example, you know, um, the, the platform has grown into, into a big enough audience to where I, I love to see the impact that, uh, having guys like Rick and, and other dudes with just crazy fucking military careers and, and countless deployments and tons of really good stories that, that I, I really do believe that just like the, our generation of reading a lot of the Vietnam books, this is kind of like the 21st century of, you know, military and, and combat style uh, story podcasts are the 21st century version of of that is that, you know, to me, if, if those stories aren't told, they're, they're not uh, as, as likely to be remembered and, and have a, a higher probability of being forgotten about. And I think, Especially right now, with with the dilemma and troubles that our country faces, like there needs to be swaths of of podcasts out there of of getting these guys' stories out so that you know kids in high school can hear guys like Rick talk about being a dog handler in Afghanistan and, and what that's like from a first person point of view, not because they played a fucking video game and and not all the other bullshit that you see on TV that they're just inundated with that I think are emasculating our. Uh, our society on a grand scheme, and in 20 years from now, we're just going to be uh, surrounded by a, a bunch of soy boy beta cuck motherfuckers that, that aren't willing to stand up and fight for their own country. And so I I do feel a, a certain sense of responsibility that way uh, to be able to bring uh, these stories, not just from the guys that that have lived it, but also the guys that, that uh, didn't come home and, and sharing their stories so that people will uh, honor, remember, and respect those guys, because goddamn, they
0: deserve it. Yeah, yeah it, and, and that's, you know, one thing I was going to hit, Mike, because, you know, I know you were pulling, you know, and want the stories, right, and, and I get it, Yeah. but I, to me, it's not about Rick stories, right, you hit the nail on the head, it's about the guys that didn't come home, you yeah. know, it, and I got it, you were trying to pull, hey, what happened with Joe, you know what, people aren't going to remember how Joe got killed, you know, it's like the Christmas cake, I'm telling you, people, that resonates with people, and they go, yep, um, you know am I about telling <clears throat> excuse me about telling Dico stories 100% you know because he can't he can't tell a story but there's yeah. so many other dogs that you know their stories need to get told as well because people don't get it um, they don't understand what these dogs do and how yeah. many guys are around because of it you know so it, was I the best guess as giving you war stories no I, I, I wasn't that's well, you know yeah but, but, but go ahead No, I I was just saying it's it's like you said, I think you hit the nail on the head of sharing those other stories of guys that aren't there, because when you say their names, people now, you know, yeah. okay, Rick Hall can talk about whether it's Joe Andres or, you know, whoever else we want to talk about um, that, you know, that have lost their lives, to keep their names going. And that to me, that's a huge part of it as well. So. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I
1: agree. I, I think, uh, from, from my perspective, I think all of the stories are, are important to be told mm-hmm. because I think, you know, obviously yes, the dogs don't have a voice and, and it's important for people to understand that, but it's also one of the things that I've learned in, in doing, uh, you know, the show for, for a few years now is that, you know, while, while the mean potatoes of what people are, are primarily interested in are, are military and combat style scenarios and stories. There are a lot of people that, that don't have the intimate knowledge that uh, that you have in terms of what that's really like, you know. And so, mm-hmm. again, this is just, just my perspective of of getting feedback over the last three three plus years of, of these is that yeah. that seems to resonate with people and, and uh, in a way where where it seems to be memorable, uh, you know, and they yeah. they really get something out of it when when you know the guys that didn't come back, their stories told the guys that did come back to inspire mm-hmm. a generation of guys to, to actually go and serve. Because if, if, you know, if, if the only stories that are shared are uh, not even how, how guys lost their lives, but just, you know, talking about them and and, and what they were like, sure. you know, that, that makes it difficult for people to, if that's all we're focusing on.
0: No. Yeah. What, you know, 100%. But, uh, but and, so, yeah, I guess my,
1: you know, my point is just, you know, I think everybody's story should be told and when sure. it's, when your, your audience, you know, doesn't have that, that, uh, firsthand intimate knowledge, uh, you know, being able to, to paint that picture for them, uh, just goes a long yeah. way and really showing them how, how things are. But.
0: Yeah. Cause, Cause you got me thinking, you know, if you opt to have me back, you know, shape the, uh, the show a little different because, you know, <laughs> the, you that, yeah. 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 Cause you, you know, I tell stories, but it's it—they're loose stories. In the fact of, especially when I'm on the range teaching, yeah. and Mark heard these things. Right? Why do I teach you this? Because this has happened. Why do we do this? Because this has happened. And I think you kind of plug that in. Um, so now you're getting kind of a twofold context. Yes, you're getting, you know, stories of hey, what things are like. But now here's the practical application, rolling down the road when you're trying to teach somebody a skill set. Yeah. This is why Rick does this. So. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Amen. Yep.
2: Well, we have to address the elephant in the room. Okay. We do with all of our, with all of our um, Navy guys.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, we have to apologize for the last two Army-Navy games. Yeah. Um, we got another one coming up. But I, I have a feeling that you guys have at least a better chance of scoring some, some points this time yeah so uh, do, do you pay attention to the Army-Navy game because here at On the Range Podcast we uh, love all things America yeah. and the Army-Navy game happens to be a big one along with the uh, hot dog podcast on the which is so, basically the same thing which is basically the same thing <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: uh, yeah uh, we always like to have a fun with that yeah no I, I
1: mean I, I pay attention to it I I uh, It depends on what uh, what the University of Iowa is doing that that weekend or <laughs> not. Uh, you know, being from yeah. Iowa, that you know, it's one of the few states in the entire country—not the only one, but one of few—that has absolutely no professional sports team of, of any yeah. kind. Yeah. Uh, and so, college football, specifically the University of Iowa, uh, is is like you know the varsity fucking team statewide. Uh, you know, their their football team and the Iowa wrestling team. Iowa mm-hmm. State, you know, a, a big role too, but they're historically just not not usually as good, um, you know. And, and so, yeah, the, the Iowa Hawkeyes are, are a pretty big deal, which, I mean, they're ranked third in the country right yes. now. Yes, yeah. Um, you know, so that that's usually, you know, if I'm paying attention to, to college football games, it's usually uh, Iowa or Iowa State. But, uh, but yeah, I, I do uh, pay attention to, to Navy. And, and if yeah. one of their games is on and it's televised, um, oh, yeah. I'll typically watch it.
2: Yeah, I always try to watch the Academies play, man. It's a lot of fun, a lot of fun.
1: Uh, but, yeah, the, the the Army-Navy game for sure is a fun, uh, is oh. a fun event, and, and it's neat to, neat to to keep track of for sure. But.
2: Yeah, Rick and I like to do on-location shoots, and we would love to do one from the Army-Navy game. Oh, that would
1: be awesome, yeah. If
2: that happens... We're gonna we're gonna shoot you a note and see if you can yeah. make it out there. That'd be I'll a blast. Do
1: that, I'll count on it, man. Yeah. What is it this year? Do you guys know the date?
2: I don't know where it's at, and I don't even know if it's gonna be. It wasn't at Philadelphia last year because of the uh, issues they had. It at the uh, at West Point. Like West Point. Yeah, so, so hopefully so we'll they'll, they'll have it, have it back at Liberty. Go ahead, buddy. No, I'm just
0: saying. I'm just saying they were like screw your state laws. We're we'll it to a federal reservation. Yeah. And oh, Roger that. Gonna tell us yeah, nothing.
2: we're not. Yeah. Thank yeah. God, too. Uh, that's uh, like God. That would have been devastating for this yeah. household. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, that'd so, be awesome. I'd love to love to go to that. I've I've yeah. not ever been to one, so I, to me it'd be no. cool, need to go.
2: I think you have to make a contribution to uh, West Point, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that might be a little hard for you to do, but
1: I mean, to me, it's uh, the the rivalry on a football game is all all in good fun, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you know, when when the, as you guys all know, I mean, when the shit hits the fan, we're all oh, yeah. on the same fucking team. And, and yeah, it's the
2: oh, only yeah. day we say beat Navy in this
1: podcast, yeah. but. <laughs> Yeah. I'd uh, be but, honest
0: to you uh <laughs> <too>. <laughs> but you got to look at, you know, here's the beauty, man, between the two academies, some of the crap they put on their signs oh, is just, will blow you away. Like
2: so good. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, something like, uh what was it? I can't remember, man. Um something I'll about throw some Navy. up on
2: post-production. I'll, yeah, I'll fix we'll, it. We'll, have we'll find throw some something, up. but I know, yeah. I know. I'll one be fair. Somebody, I'll be fair. I'll do one for both. <laughs> somebody
0: <laughs> had a sign reference Waffle House. And I think it was, <laughs> yeah in reference to the uh the naval academy but
2: yeah 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 yeah, yeah I
0: mean, like seeing seeing all the uh just fucking
1: craziness and tomfoolery that goes on between those two it kind of makes me wish I had gone to the academy kind of you know yeah. uh, I yeah. mean just a little bit I mean ultimately I'm glad I didn't but there, there's a part yeah. of me that, that, that thinks like that experience of going through you know, a four-year university in that environment—that like that has to be pretty fucking cool, especially to look yeah. back on. I'm sure it sucks being there, uh, yeah. But but yeah. that, and it's just—I mean, how many academy guys have you met that you didn't want to slap the shit out of? Right? So I mean,
2: um, I all know. of them. <laughs> yeah.
0: I've yeah. known a couple. I've known a couple. You know, they're yeah. not going kiss the ring, kiss the ring. <laughs> Come on, man. Really? I've, I've met a
1: few that didn't deserve to be taped up, but not very fun. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh man. Well, Mike, we appreciate your, go ahead, Rick, go ahead. Well,
0: I got, I got one last departing question for you, Mike. Um, If you were to give, Mm. I don't care, first responder, veteran entrepreneur, one piece of advice from kind of your experience or whatever, what would be that piece of advice? So
1: it's kind of a a progression. uh, So bear with me, but um, you know, to me, it's, it's do what you need to do right now. What you know with whatever job you have, with whatever line of work, uh, career, et cetera, that that is allowing you to to pay your bills, to live, to you know support your family, et cetera, and then have something that you're passionate about that is considered you know your quote unquote side hustle, and that's where your free time goes into. But it, it, the 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 key I think is is, is the passionate part is that there's got to be a a sense of purpose behind it. If the goal is well, I want to make a fuck ton of money that's that's not going to pan out it's going to have a shelf life and you're going to run out of steam and 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 stop fucking with it you know it like that will come but it, but it has to be something that makes you feel legitimately fulfilled uh, in in that extra time because you know you're not fucking bowling you're not doing you know whatever weekend or, or night bullshit like you're sacrificing that time to put it into something else and and you grow that to a point with which now it's become successful enough to where you can quit your normal job and put every egg in that basket and now do that uh, as your gig. If, if that's what your uh, what your drive is for. I mean, th- there's plenty of people that don't want to be an entrepreneur. And, and frankly, it's not for a lot of people or even most people. Uh, it, it does take kind of a special uh, breed or even nutcase to, to really uh, be able to, to thrive and succeed in that environment because it's very different than, you know, punching the clock at five and, and leaving work at work and, and doing your thing on the weekends or whatever. It doesn't really ever stop. So you have to keep that in mind and, and realize that that's part of the, part of the gig. But, um, once you get to that point, then, you know, surround yourself with, uh, as many people who have walked the walk and, and are at where you want to be, don't take advice from people who've never built a business. Don't read a book by somebody who's never fucking struggled or, or done what you're trying to do. Surround yourself with with those people that, that can actually teach you something about the journey that you're trying to uh, to take and, uh, and fucking listen to them. Realize it's not going to happen overnight or probably not going to happen overnight. It's probably going to take several years up to a decade uh, or even more, uh, and, and you've got to have that staying power. Um, and then last but certainly not least is that Realize that there, there is a, a happy medium of both how many revenue streams you have. You can have too many, you can have too few. Uh, don't have all your eggs in one single revenue stream basket, or if that goes away, now you're fucked. On the transverse, don't have so many where you start half assing them, uh, you know, and, and now uh, have no quality control over your product or service or whatever it is that you're providing. Um, and, and realize that, that with that, uh, you know, there there are going to be times where, uh, you know, you, you have to kind of pivot and decide which ones make sense to keep doing or to change or to throttle back on or to go full speed in uh, and ultimately reward yourself when it makes sense. Um, one of my favorite ad- adages is there's a difference between being able to buy something and and being able to afford something. Um, and while while it's important to Reward yourself along the path, or what's the fucking point of doing all of it? You know, if you put every single dime back into your own business, uh, that that tends to to suck the life out of you and can get boring and and make it hard to to keep doing it year after year. If you're if you're never doing it, fun for yourself. On the same token, like don't have the I just won the fucking lottery because I got a few extra bucks. Let me go blow it all, uh, you know, and, and take that forty thousand dollar vacation uh, to Europe for a month that I always wanted to You know, like be be smart about it, uh, and and just like with most things in life, you know, balance is key, and and uh, and try to try to keep your wits about you that way. But uh, so it's not really one single thing. It's it's kind of all of those things because I think, you know, if if I had to tell myself something at the beginning of of the start of of, uh, my entrepreneur career, uh, 12 years ago. Now, uh, that, that, that's what I would have told myself. And that's kind of what I've learned along the way. And in some ways, the hard way, uh, in every regard. But.
0: Yeah. And get
1: yourself no, an AMG, advice, right?
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. Mark. I stepped over you. No. Yeah.
2: Yeah. maybe.
1: I, AMG. Uh, yeah. I, I used to, I used to be a bigger AMG fan, but, uh, you're <laughs> still, still good cars, but, <laughs> uh, I, I tend to like the Italian flair a little better, uh, both motorcycle and car wise. But uh, but the Germans, uh, especially on the Porsche side, I mean, Mercedes and BMW are kind of uh, they're just not not my cup of tea anymore, I guess. But uh, Porsche, I, I love the engineering, uh, and then you know, to me, Ferrari is is kind of the the, the varsity squad of. Of
0: the fun cars, but uh, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a whole another show. I think. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. But you know what? Here's the deal. You, you got to bring it up, right? Because yeah. oh. think about it. You know, would you have looked back twelve years ago oh, and said, "Hey, man, there's going to be a you know Ferrari sitting in the driveway"? No, absolutely not. I mean, I you, you know. know, I I walk into my garage
1: now uh, and slap the shit out of myself to to make sure that I'm not uh, not balls deep in a
0: dream right now. Oh man. So, so if you want to disclose, totally up to you. What have you gotten it up to? Well, maybe you can probably disclose because you were on a, a closed track. Let's just say.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I've had it up in the in the neighborhood of two hundred. Oh, um, nice Christ! So it's uh, and it'll it'll do, uh, depending on the conditions, two twelve to two eighteen. Uh, wow, speed. That's, pretty, that's amazing! Remarkable machine, but yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Very cool.
2: But and and the uh, cup and the uh, change cup didn't even rattle.
1: <laughs> yeah, there Yeah, no, no, no. uh, uh, no, yeah.
2: There's no, nothing practical about that car, right? Not a whole lot of, there
1: Just a, <laughs> a cup holder. Uh,
2: okay, you know, that's something.
1: You know, there is Bluetooth. You can listen to, to radio, but um, I, you know, I mean, it, it's for sure a track focused car. You know, I mean, it, it's uh, it's really stripped down on the inside where. Uh, there are floor mats uh, but there's nothing under them it's just thin skin metal that's the the it's actually the exterior of the of the vehicle basically so it's pretty loud a lot of road noise I mean that you run over even a little bit of sand and you can hear it um, you know it's it's made to be pushed hard and and driven like you just robbed a fucking bank and so that's, that's what I do <laughs>
2: have you ever played the theme song to magnum Pi while you're driving your Ferrari
1: I haven't, but now that you mention it, I'm, I'm probably going to lose up. You got
2: to, you got to check that box. And
1: I'll probably lose <laughs> up and go and blast that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Amen.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you for your service, brother, and thank you for coming on. You're doing a lot of great things. Got a lot of irons and irons in the fire, and doing a lot of great things with those canines. So, really appreciate your time today, pal.
1: Well, th- thank you guys for uh, for yeah. all the same, and I, I really appreciate you having me on. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure. Been Absolutely, fun. Mike. Appreciate it. Thanks for your service, brother.
2: Thanks, Mike. Thanks.